Look, I know you know that I know that you know how busy we all get. Ollie can help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four years and up. And the new Ollie Brainy Chews support healthy brain function with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Woody always shows up unannounced. He never comes to the front door, shows up unannounced. How the hell he finds me, I don't know. One night turns into two nights, turns into, hey, do you mind if I park my bus? Oh, how about the cable TV? How about the satellite? Hey, what's your code on this? And all of a sudden- You had a, it, you had it, a Harrelson encampment. Oh yeah. <laughs> Somebody gonna cue me or do I cue myself? Cue yourself. Okay. Hey everyone, it's time for another episode of Let's Talk Off Camera. So <clears throat> let's turn those cameras off, get and talk in here. Uh, let's start with the huge name drop. You ready? It's gonna be heavy. You guys are gonna have to do a lot of catching right now. Uh oh. Academy Award winner Matthew McConaughey is here today. Albert, if we could. Uh-oh. Yeah, let's get let's, into it. Let's get into Honey. it. Albert Bianchini celebrated his 50th birthday. 50 years. What a week. What a world. It started on Wednesday night. It started on, well, Wednesday was like the big climax also. Wednesday was the climax, but then you went on. Then we went to Miami. To Miami. But Wednesday night was all of my worlds in one room together. I've got to tell you, I was very impressed. Jan, were you impressed with how well you blended family and friends? Uh, was yeah, it, it was I, great. I need other people's POV. Did it work? It definitely it was worked. Great. It, it was great. Were you He's, ever in the moment? Like, I feel like when you throw a party, you're always like working the room. A couple of times. When the, when that ridiculously insane cake came over, <laughs> I was in the moment. <laughs> provided by Kelly Ripa. The Cipriani uh, creme cake. If you know, you know. And if oh. you don't know, get to Cipriani. I mean, everything is good there, but the cake is famous. But it looked like a, it was meringue, but it also had a, it was just, it was perfect. It's a magic cake. It's a magic cake. It's a magic cake. And one other props that you deserve. All I wanted it to be was a dance party. And for like the first half an hour, everyone's showing up and standing around like a receiving line waiting to talk. And someone went out and started the dance party. She's a party party motivator. She is. Yes. I should have been a party motivator. (laughs) I'm so sad that I didn't know that was a job I could have I mean, you literally got everybody out there. I'm like, thank God somebody did that because I couldn't do it. I like to think of myself as the person that threads yes, the family. Yes, you do thread. To you and friends. Kyle thread everybody. Yes, we yes. were doing a lot of threading. Yes. We were weaving, yes. like the knitters that we are, knitting the community together. I'm about to cry. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Did you feel celebrated? I did feel celebrated, and I and and I was thinking about this earlier when Jan threatened me that this might come up. <laughs> and I think. I never expected 50 to make me this emotional. Like, I don't even care about being old, but it's really made me, I'm telling people that I love them when I haven't said those words in forever. Did you take drugs? No, no drugs, oh, okay. nothing. Sometimes certain drugs can make you tell people you but love like, them. But like, even this podcast and, and everyone saying how excited they are to like hear you off camera. And I'm like, I fell in love with off camera Kelly in 2002 and I've been like the luckiest person ever Oh, now you're going to make you. me cry. And like, I don't know, it's just, it's made me very emotional and like really looking at my relationship Relationships and Jan, I sat next to you in that hellhole of an office that we were in. <laughs> it is such a hellhole. <laughs> but it just anyway, it was. It, if I didn't expect the emotion about fifty, but thank you guys so much. It was a happy really birthday. Fun, it you. was fun. Thank that you. was a fun good time. The reason I bring yes. up fifty is because Matthew McConaughey, 
wrote his page turner, Green Lights. He started writing it at the age of 50. And so I wonder, are you considering writing a book now that you have turned 50? No. No, no. no. You don't have a book in me. I don't have a book in me. Are you sure? Positive. All right. Yeah. Well, let's get, let's get to the man of the hour. Not you, Albert, but (laughs) but happy birthday. Thank you, Kelly. We are so grateful you were born. Let's get to the man of the hour right now. He's an Academy Award winning actor. He's an author, a director. He's a philanthropist. He's a professor. And of course, he is, listen to this, a New York Times bestselling author for 50 weeks wow. in a row. That's wow. five zero, not 15, <laughs> not five, 50 weeks in a row. Major. Yeah, that is major. So let's bring him on right now, the one and only Matthew McConaughey. Hello. Howdy, Kelly. Hi, Matthew. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I have to say that. I, I, yeah. I got it. I'm looking at the background, so I'm going to set the scene. It looks like you are in the House of Congress. <laughs> <laughs> no, negatory. No. <laughs> I'm in my office in Austin, Texas. No and I have a Texas flag and an American flag in the background. Two flags I very much uh, appreciate. And uh, just some books and stuff from the library in the background. But those look like <laughs> fine leather-bound books. Those look like real books that, like, big people read. Oh, they are not. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, we all loved your book. And congratulations, by the way. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Do you have any books that you've read that struck you the way Green Lights struck the world? Og Mandino's the greatest salesman in the world. Oh. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a fast answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd be sitting here talking to you without that book. That book found me. It was one of those mystical things that found me at a time when I was searching. I was in college. I remember it was my sophomore exams in college. And I was a big studier. I had made straight A's. And for whatever reason, this day, uh, I went to the fraternity house. I had an hour and a half before my exam. And I went to my buddy's dorm room. I'm sitting there. And I opened up my books to study. And I was like, McConaughey, you got this. Don't study anymore. First time I'd done that in years. So I was like, okay, I love sports. I put on the TV. I put on ESPN. I'm flipping through. For whatever reason, this day, I was not interested. I turn off the TV. I look over to my left. There's a stack of magazines. Sports Illustrated, Playboys. For whatever reason, I just flip through. I'm like, nah, not interested. Well, about eight magazines deep, I looked down and there was this white paperback and a beautiful red cursor writing. It said, the greatest salesman in the world. And I picked that up and I was like, well, who the hell is that? Wow. And I started reading. Forgot about my exam completely. Got to the end of the first chapter where it tells you like what to do for the rest of the book and how many times you got to read it a day, et cetera. I took that book and it was mine. I went and read it that afternoon and then that night and did, did what it said to do. You read each chapter three times a day. And it gave me the courage to go, you know what? I don't want to go to law school anymore. I want to go to film school. Wow. I'm sure you would have been an incredible lawyer. You know, at this point, you are a lawyer. Let's face it. You've played a lawyer. <laughs> I'm glad I get to go play a lawyer for five months and then quit. And go to <laughs> I'm glad I made the decision to uh, come to Storytown Business. Torts reform. It just doesn't seem like a lot of fun. I, I, I like my vocation now. Yeah, we like we like it too. Um, I want to talk really quickly um, before we get into anything else. I read that you and your wife were on this terrifying Lufthansa mm-hmm. flight. It dropped, what, 4,000 feet, 7,000 feet something? 
Captain said it dropped 4,000 feet. Uh, what does that feel like? You're in it's suspended disbelief. I mean, it's zero gravity. The, you know, your red wine and the glass and the plates that your food was on are all suspended floating still just in the air. And to, to look at it for that long, which wasn't that long, it was one, two, three, four, boom, and then everything just comes crashing down. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a hell of a scare. A complete loss of control. You're complete, a 100% feeling of I am not in control. I have no way to get control of this situation in the moment. Did, did, did you look at each other? Did you say anything to each other? Right after, yes. I mean, it actually, uh, my tray table is what held me down. I did not have my seatbelt on. Um, and there was not a, a seatbelt warning right before it happened. Yeah, I just immediately reached over, made sure Camilla had her seatbelt on, held hands there, just saying, okay, is that it? Is there another Is there another one coming? Another one did come. It was, it was odd. You hear people's reactions. Some people were ghost silent. Some people had big burst of laughter. <laughs> and it was not like, oh, this is fun. It was like, I've just got to deal. I'm in shock. Mm -hmm. And then, you know how it is on a plane. If you see the the, the flight attendant not looking extremely confident, you're like, uh-oh. You know I mean? <laughs> right, right. So it's the only uh, place my eye goes, the flight attendant. Always. Right? <laughs> so we had to we had to reroute to to Washington Dulles um, that night. I was on my way to Vietnam, actually. Which I finally did make it, but yeah, it was um, it was the hairiest flight I've ever had by far. And I'm assuming your kids were not on the flight. No, they were not. So thank God for that. You know, you can't help but put yourself in the position of you and Camilla, right? The two of us would have, like, we would have assumed that this was it. This was the end, and we would have right. been glad that we were together. But we would have been filled with sorrow that we couldn't say goodbye to our kids and. Is the will updated? And who did we leave our kids to again? Like all of that comes into your mind, right? Well, I didn't project that far ahead. I didn't do that much math. Now that you say it, I think most of that stuff is in line. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also, as a person who's not a pilot, my mind goes to the actual engineering of the plane, the steel, and it, it buckled and you go, how can something withstand that? I happened to have a friend of mine sitting next to me who was a pilot. Wow. And he was calm as could be. He was like, and I was like, can the plane hold that? And he was like, these things are so tested that, yes, don't worry about the plane. Structurally, it can hold that. That was a big relief. Do you always fly with your own pilot, just in case? <laughs> now on, I always have my own pilot, right? <laughs> Life to the left, the pilot to the right. You know, people always say, God is my, my co-pilot. Matthew's like, no, my co-pilot is actually my co-pilot. I did check, and I was like, "If something's wrong, can you can you fly this thing?" And he was like, "No problem." No problem. And I was like, "Great, love to hear that." Oh, boom, boom. That's a that is a valuable wow. friend, Albert. We <laughs> gotta talk. We no. have to talk. I'll okay. give you a parachute. <laughs> yeah, Albert would Albert would access the emergency exit, whether it was needed or not, and just we would all get sucked out one at a time. Now, your friend Woody Harrelson, whom I love and adore, and when. When I think about a great bromance, <laughs> not to interfere with the bromance you have with your co-pilot, but when I think of a great bromance, I think of you and Woody Harrelson. And Woody said during his SNL promo that you were his weed guy. 
are you his weed guy? Because I think of him as his own weed guy. You know, you're thinking clearly. Yeah. Woody, I think Woody's his own yeah. weed guy. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's another W, Woody the weed guy. Yeah, Woody you know? yeah. Woody's pretty self-sufficient. <laughs> You know, you've worked together. I love the two of you in True Detective. It, you know, kept me awake at night. Like, it was truly a terrifying, thrilling television series. I, I enjoyed the series, too. Yeah. I kind of miss yeah, it. Yeah, I, I do, too. You're working on something else together? Yeah, so it's called Brother from Another Mother. Okay. <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. So and we, you know, where I start and where he ends and where he starts and I end has always been like a murky line. Yeah. And that's part of our romance, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. My, you know, kids call him Uncle Woody. His kids call me Uncle Matthew, et cetera, et cetera. And you see pictures of us. And my family thinks a lot of pictures of him are me. Right. His family thinks a lot of pictures of me are him. And in Greece a few years ago, we're sitting around talking about how close we are and our families and et cetera. And my mom is there. Yeah. And she says, Woody, I knew your dad. Oh. Oh, stop the press. Yeah. <laughs> now, does everybody it, it, lean into this statement? Everyone was aware of the ellipsis yeah. that my mom left after new. It was a loaded K-N-E-W. Well, we went on to unpack this, what new meant, and did some math and found out that uh, his dad was on furlough at the same time that my mom and dad were in their second divorce. Oof. Then there's possible receipts oh, in places out in West Texas where there might have been a gathering or a meeting uh -huh. or a new moment. <laughs> so have you done uh, any of these DNA tests? <laughs> this is what we're on the precipice of now. It's Look, it's a little easier for Wood to say, come on, let's do it. Because... <laughs> What's the skin in it for him? Right. It's a little harder for me because he's asking me to take a chance to go, wait a minute, you're trying to tell me my dad may not be my dad of 53 years of believing that? I got a little more skin in the game. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we're, do we're doing a series about our, our families. It's based on truth. Um, Woody always shows up unannounced. Yeah. Never comes to the front door, shows up unannounced. How the hell he finds me, I don't know. He showed up at my place out of nowhere. Showed up. I noticed it was him when he was in the bed with me and my wife. He <laughs> climbed in the second story, came in through the balcony, oh, all right, no. as Wood does. <laughs> it's not the third time he's done that, okay? So one night turns into two nights, turns into three nights, turns into, hey, do you mind if I park my bus? You got a nice size property here, which turns into, can I borrow the extension cord and hook up to that? Oh, how about the cable TV? How about the satellite? Hey, what's your code on this? And all of a sudden, his whole life started to creep yeah. into my home. You had a you had and, a Harrelson encampment. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, where Woody and I are, are the best of friends, we have different approaches in how we raise our children and how we go about certain things. I may be a little more organized on some certain <laughs> things. And this is a story about it's a love story about uh, us, he and I, and our, our families coming together and the conflicts and comedy that come. With that. I, I cannot wait. Like, I can't wait. I would like to volunteer my services to administer any and all DNA tests. Maybe that should be part of the show. I definitely think Auntie Kelly should come oh, over. Yes. 
just for, you know, just with a swab. Just I'll do a quick a swab. swab. We don't even need to swab Woody. We'll just steal, we'll steal like his toothbrush or something out of the out of the minivan. It's it's connected to a bamboo handle. <laughs> of course it is. Of course. He whittled it himself. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like goat hair or something? Goat hair. It's definitely not the bristles that most of us have in our mouth. It's something bioorganic, some kind of goat hair or something. Yeah, it's something like that. So I was telling Albert, who's here, who just turned 50, about you writing your book, Green Lights. You started when you were 50 writing that, correct? Yeah, yeah. And you went off into the desert or the woods by yourself? Desert. And you stayed hunkered down there with your journals because you're a prolific journaler. When you went back and started reading your journals, what did that reveal to you? Well, there were quite a few things. I've been thinking about similar things in life, been thinking about things similarly since I was 15 years old. Mm. Have my thoughts evolved? Yes, they have. But boy, the same things that interested me then sort of still interest me now. There was... Stories, poems, prescribes, prayers, ways that I noticed I had engineered success in my life by choices, and I could measure. Oh, you did this. It adds up. There was a trail. There was also mystical green lights, as I call them, successes I've had that had no reason. That were just rhyme. I was in the right place at the right time, met the right person, took the right opportunity. Boy, if I'd have caught that red light instead of that green light back there, I wouldn't have met that person. It may not be here today. Because, you know, it's all a mystery. Our life's a mystery going forward. It's a science looking back. We can look back at all of our years and connect the dots. But when we're in those mystical moments, we're like, this makes no sense. I don't know what what's in this for me. Why well, I'm, I'm lost. And you find out, no, actually, that led you somewhere. I went back and a lot of the stuff I did and thought and believed and I was quite embarrassed about. Um, even had some shame for a lot of things. Um, but then after I given myself no option to be with anything else than me and my past 50 years of journaling stuck with me and my past, I started to laugh at some of those things. Yeah. Started to forgive myself for some of those things. Started to say, oh, that same, that thing you wrote at 16, you're still working on that today. Okay. So I started to connect, gave my history a little lineage where I am now. And so I put those in the book. There's a lot of stories. There are prescribes, poems and prayers, et cetera. There are methods and processes. I think there is a science to satisfaction. There are ways we can engineer success and satisfaction in our life. There's also an art to live in, which is more that mystical sense of that comes with some wisdom of being able to make call the audible along the way. And it may not make sense or take the risk at a moment where you're like, I don't know where this is going, but I'm taking it anyway. But there's also times where taking the risk is not making a move at all that I found can sometimes work. And that becomes the art of living for all of us. And when you talk about like having shame, I find that shame is one of the things that gets people hung up when they cannot forgive themselves, when they cannot yep. let go, when they are mired in shame. I find a person that is unable oftentimes to move forward. And so how did you like turn, say, the red lights in your life into green lights? Well, as I said, I forgave myself for some of it and noticed that some of them, some of the things I was ashamed of, I said, oh, well, you have amended that Mm. in the last 30 years. You you did update your iOS between your ears and your heart, McConaughey. Okay, good. You did evolve. 
I noticed somewhere, I was like, oh, you're still a repeat offender there, buddy. <laughs> you know, so is that just who you are? Or do we need to amend this and say the buck stops here? I'm not going to do that anymore. And that's what so many people ask me about after putting the book out is like, what do I do with a red light in life? A crisis, pain, loss, we're at a dead end, nothing makes sense, high uncertainty. And part of it is trusting that there is a gift or a lesson in that red light. And that's where it eventually turns green. So, you know, I think in life, you know, the yellow lights in our life are the they're the most like life mm-hmm. because you have a choice. You can either put the pedal to the metal and blow that son of a bitch and go, I'm not giving that crisis credit. Or you can slow down and go, you know what? I need to take a pause here. I need to heed the caution. I need to change my ways a little bit, take some inventory, look over my shoulder and figure out why I keep stepping in the same pile of shit. Mm. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, you slow down. What do you literally end up at? You end up at a red light where you have to stop and be with yourself and go, okay. What's your percentage when you're at the yellow light? Do you tend to speed up or are you more of a slow down mm-hmm. kind of guy? Well, so I was raised as a blow through every yellow light. Don't give anything crisis. You trip, get up, dust yourself off, keep going. So I was raised as a big repeat offender. I step in the same pothole every time around the track. So what I've tried to do is go, hey, I've done that 50 times. I was raised to just get up, be resilient and go, wait a minute. What if I pause and go, oh, there's that hole. So when I make that turn, go wide instead of come on the inside, I don't step in the same damn hole again. So I think I've gotten more considerate than I was raised to to be. And I do a little more inventory on my life and my past than I was raised to do. At the same time, I admire a certain genius that my mother has of just denying red lights. And she's not shallow. She still has pain. But she's just like immediately. And I think that's the that's the spot for all of us. Not not do we deny a red light, but how quickly do we admit? All right, I don't know what the hell it is, but I know there's a gift in this for me. I'm going to deal with this crisis, but I'm believing that there's a light on the other side of this tunnel and it's going to be green. But your mom, she's from New Jersey, right? Yep. Is she originally from New Jersey? She's actually from Altoona, Pennsylvania. Altoona. <laughs> because she said, who would want to be from a place called Altoona? So anybody from Altoona out there, that's my mom and her words. But she, but she is, but she spent time in New Jersey. Yes. She was Miss Trenton. Miss Tr- oh my gosh, wow. she was Miss Trenton. Holy cow. Yeah, it was a big deal for her. Yeah. She, yeah. So, you know, what's so fascinating, because I think that your parents sound like a lot of parents. We all are of similar ages here in this room. And I say, I always say that's 70s parenting. 70s parenting where they're like, get up, keep going. You're not bleeding. Yep. You're fine. Uh, you know, how many times were you told, you're fine? Yeah. Rub it. It's not a broken arm, it's a bruise. So what? impact and this is like to me so fascinating that your parents married each other three times what did that tell you (laughs) like what is the message in that yeah the main message is that love won in the end Uh they were divorced twice Mm -hmm. married three times yeah well all right then the love the can't live without you beat the can't live with you three to two right that's what I take from it. And also, they were wild. They were, it was a wild-ass love affair. Yeah. And they, that's what my mom to this day would say, that's what she wanted and needed. She doesn't like a relationship that's a smooth running stream. She likes the she roller coaster. Tidal wave. Yeah. That's what she gets off to. Yeah. 
And it's awesome. It's not for me, right. <laughs> but the love was never in question in my family or the love was never in question between the two of them, even in those divorces. Now, mind you, I didn't know. They didn't tell me they were in a divorce, the the, the, the one that I was live for. Ah. I thought mom's on an extended vacation down in Florida. And I was just living with dad at the trailer park in East Texas. Right. Uh, not till later was I told, oh, that was a divorce. And then not till a few years ago was I told, oh, that's when she met and knew Woody's, Woody's dad. dad. <laughs> Woody's dad. It never gets old. They were wild. Like yeah, that. they were they wild. They were wild. And in the end, the love won. I know what I'm buying my mom friends for Mother's Day. Fiori joggers. Jana's obsessed. My stylist, Audrey, is obsessed. So I know they're a sure hit. And if any one of my family or friends are listening to this podcast, hint, hint, these would be a great gift for me. They're designed with their dream knit stretch fabric, which I love because they're so ridiculously comfortable, but yet look so good. By the way, they're not just for women. I'm ordering them right now for Mark because Father's Day is right around the corner. No matter how you stay active, running, swimming, yoga, or just running weekend errands, Viore is for you. Viore is offering Let's Talk Off Camera with Kelly Ripper listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash off camera. That's V U O R I dot com slash off camera. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash off camera and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Melojo, my production company, is such a small business. So when we hire someone, it makes a huge impact. And Albert, I know you wear so many hats over there, you might not have the time or the resources to hire, but LinkedIn changes all of that. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. So, Albert, the next time we're hiring, if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. We got Roz, so we know it works. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash off camera. That's linkedin.com slash off camera to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Albert, I know you're too busy to be frizzy. So grab Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I'm loving it because it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching my bone dry hair with intense hydration. And during the summer, that's something we could all use. You'll also be way obsessed with Way's bestsellers like I am. My new favorite is their scalp and body scrub. It's a blend of sugar and coconut oil that cleanses, exfoliates, and moisturizes all at once on your scalp and your skin. I'm also really into their Wave Spray for this summer. It's a weightless, salt-free mist that gives you that just out of the ocean and my hair dried perfectly look. You know, like that look that is so unattainable. It doesn't make my hair crunchy at all. And it's super easy to use. 
Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T H E O U A I dot com and enter promo code off camera for 15% off any product. That's T H E O U A I dot com, promo code off camera. What can you tell me about uh, the words that you couldn't use as a kid? Yeah. So. You couldn't say the word hate. I got my first butt whooping for saying, I hate you, Pat, to my brother. And I only heard that word at school and I wanted to sound like I was a little bit older. So I said it to him mm. at my own birthday party, uh. of which my mom stopped the birthday party and gave me a whooping in front of all my friends at my birthday party. Again, listeners, this was the 70s and this was like <laughs> normal parenting. And I was not, a, I, was, they, I was never injured. I was never right. abused. It was how they, it was, it was yeah. I don't blame them for that. Of course. There was, you couldn't say can't. I remember can't was like a really dirty word. I remember there was a morning I had to get up and mow the lawn on Saturday morning for my chores. And I went out and I tried to mow, start the lawnmower and I wouldn't start. And I came in and my dad was in the kitchen. And I said, dad, I, I, I can't get the lawnmower started. And he got up, just calmly grabbed him by the arm, walked. We walked out of the kitchen, through the garage, around the backyard to the lawnmower. He tried to start it, didn't start. He got down, tinkered with it, got out the toolbox fixed it, whatever, 10 minutes, pulled it, it started. And while the lawnmower was running, he walked over to me and squatted down and looked me in the eye and he goes, you see, buddy, you were just having trouble. Mm. And what he was saying, what he taught me then was like, even if you're unable to do something, you can go find help sometimes. So you're still just having trouble. So can't, hate, and don't lie. Oh, mm. you couldn't lie. So... When we were punished for lying, saying I can't or saying I hate, what we were learning was, well, I, I guess I'm supposed to do the opposite of that. Now, look at the antonyms of those three words. The antonym of hate is love. Right. The antonym of can't is I can or I'm having trouble. And the antonym of lying is tell the truth, be honest. So it was an indirect way of teaching us constructive and valuable values. Mm-hmm. And... To this day, I mean, I still practice it with my kids. C A N T is 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 a word we don't allow for those same reasons. We we don't, you know, H A T. It's a big word. People throw that around loosely, and we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's that's big. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what you're saying? Mm. To to lie and own up to the truth. If you let me know now, you're going to be in a whole lot less trouble than if I find out you were lying later. Come on. And plus, whatever it is you're lying about, I bet we've done it before. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's what those words meant. We got in trouble for those words, which taught us to, well, do the opposite, which are three very good, valuable words. Do they have chores? Do they keep journals? Are you instilling the things that were so instrumental in your, I would say, success overall? Trying to. Yeah. You know, they all they all have chores. And then at the end of each week, we get together and then we all sit down and say, how do you think you did? Let's go over them. And they'll go over them. Oh, I forgot to make my bed on the Wednesday morning. Hey, but I remember to feed the dogs every time. And I picked up the poop and da 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 And then they say what they think they should get. And then we take a consensus from the brother and sister. What do you think that's fair? And then we pay out our, our allowance. Journaling. My eldest is starting to journal. My daughter's journaling. They don't have it as a practice yet. Mm like a daily practice. It's hard because um, they're in school, so they have to do so much schoolwork. Journaling almost feels like a punishment at the end of the day. Yeah, we're, or we, we try to say, though, you know, even before you get your day started, 
even if you just lay there in bed for an extra five, 10 minutes, set your alarm early, or before you go to bed, just to kind of go through what tomorrow's going to have, what you, what you plan to do with tomorrow. Mm. You sleep better. It can help you get up a little more composed. It's a form of meditation, even if they're not writing it down. Um, but I'm big on writing things down. I mean, no one likes to write things down anymore, but I think it's a lost art and one that should be resurrected. If I even write down my to-do list, not on my laptop, but if I write it down on a butt clip and have it next to my bed or what I'm doing tomorrow, just to look at it and know that it's there, I sleep more soundly. Yeah. Knowing, yep, I see what I've got tomorrow and it's super fun to cross them off the next day. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm a big fan of the written word and I agree with you. I think it's a lost art form, but if anybody can bring it back, it's you, Matthew. You can bring back the lost art form. Let me ask you another question about Woody's kids' chores. Now, do they have chores at your house? <laughs> yeah, Uncle Wood. I don't know if they have chores. I don't. I don't know <laughs> if they do. I'm sure they got some. If he's not making them do it, then Laura is. Why? Because if here's the problem: when your kids get together, right. If those kids don't have chores, they will tell your kids, <laughs> you know, you shouldn't have to do this. Yeah. You're just yeah, a kid. Well, you know, obviously we go through some of that and we're going through it now where you can be friends with this person, but understand that we have different expectations and you have different responsibilities than maybe they do. We talk a lot about delayed gratification. Okay, your friends are coming over. Get those chores done now so you can have free time, freedom to play when they come over. But get them done now so you're buying yourself a green light in the future so I don't have to pull you out of the pool or pull you out of the park to come back and do your chores. Mm -hmm. And that's going to suck if we got to do that. So right now, while you kind of don't have anything you're really doing, get it done now. Yeah, smart. What about, uh, you know, you have 14, 11, and what, what, are, what are your... 14, 13, 10. 14, 13, and 10. Okay. So 14 is a really interesting age for boys. 14 to 17 for boys to me is the most interesting age. Yeah. Whereas girls become fascinating from like 11 until 21. Like really interesting. Like uh-huh. it's a real high energy time. Yep. Do you have those talks like the birds and the bees talks? And how does a parent do that now? Because I feel like the times have changed a lot over the 10 years since we've done that. Great, great question. You know, I don't want to talk out of school on my son because I would need to get his approval. Of course. But he did come to me with questions about, about that. And, you know, as a parent, there's certain questions that our kids have for us. That we know the light goes off. Oh, this better be a good answer because this is going, this is going to be branded in them. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this is how they're going to actually see life going from here. And the book today for the, the, the birds and bees talk is, is different. You sure tell don't want to go online and type something up. Who knows what you're going to get fed there. Right. So I went back. It's, it's, it's a story in my, in my next book mm. about what this talk was, but I had an hour and a half. I ordered particular things, books, and we sat down and went through them. And I shared stories of awkward times early and the expectations that I had that didn't work out, you know, from the, the question of like, well, you know, when you go in for a kiss, do you turn your head left or right? There's not a science right. to it, buddy. Right. And guess what? My first kiss, 
my lip got 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 hung up on on Amy's braces, and I was hung there. <laughs> not did not go well. You know what I mean? I had a bloody lip coming out of it. So these things, and I remember my dad talking to me, and I remember he and I shared this with my son, but he said a very very cool thing. He goes, "You're gonna come to a time. Where you're gonna get have some intimacy with a woman, and if you feel her, stop." Mm-hmm. And he goes, and if you stop. Sometimes after you stop, she may go, okay, well, now let's go. And he goes, don't go further. Mm. Say, hey, uh-uh. if we get back together and it's all just flows and goes further, great. But that's all Wow. For now. So your dad was ahead of the time. He was ahead. Of, I guess that would be ahead of the time. But it was, a, it was, it was a very wise thing to say. And I think it's, 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 it's ideal for... Any intimacy. It's a great blueprint. Yeah. If both people are just flowing, if it's all green lights, you go as far as it's is it's is it's comfortable. But if you feel someone, you know, tense up, it's like, hey, we don't have we, we got time. And you know, when you're young, that happens, you're like, I'll never be here again. Oh my god. Yeah. You know, and it's hard to say, oh, let's let's pause. And you know, we can but that's also part of what my mom tried to instill with this is make sure you respect yourself enough to go hey you know that that yeah we can wait we don't have to press it right now we, we we can wait and wait till it just if it if it unravels on flow and flows all naturally later on that that'll be better for the both of you yeah i thinking about wow. it now albert when i think about my kids we we had two by green light and one by yellow light <laughs> <laughs> So tell me, tell me about your virtual event. It's called The Art of Living. The Art of Living, L-I-V-I-N, no G on the end, because life is a verb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's called The Art of Living event. Um, it's on April the 24th. I'm going to do it for free. Never done anything like this. It's going to be myself, Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, uh, Trent Shelton, and Marie Forleo. And we're going to get under the hood of green lights for four to five hours with you. So please sign up. You can go to art of living, art of living event.com. Again, Tony and Dean came to me and said how much they appreciated the book Green Lives mm-hmm. and how much it was an approach book, an approach to life book, right? And they said, look, we'd like to dig under the hood and, and define how this is a process book, how this can be transformational for people and even more particular for individuals to see, oh, you're giving me tools to the process of the science of satisfaction, which leads to the art of living. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to define those things and try and make it more granular so more people can understand, oh, that's how I can particularly apply it in my life. And that's what we'll be doing on April 24th. That's the thing. People don't have the tools. We're not given the tools so oftentimes in our lives. So, So we walk through with whatever impacted us, whatever was blueprinted on us as children, and we get stuck in there. And if you can just develop the tools. So it is, I just want to say it again, artoflivingevent.com, April 24th. I'm going to sign on. Please. I'm I'm logging in because this has been a really fun conversation. For for me too. I mean, look, and especially now, we're coming out of a universal three or so years of disruption. Mm-hmm. Everyone was affected in some way. We were all in some form of limbo. 
and uncertainty for, for at least three years. And now we're coming out where we can kind of make some bets, reform some trust, renegotiate the path forward, regenerate and restore some tried and true tested values that worked in the past that should go with us in the future. Mm -hmm. But we still got to adapt because it's a new day. We still got to update the old iOS between our ears. And now's the right time to do that. And hopefully this 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 course and how we're going to get into the process is going to be some tools for how to get solid steps going forward and, and, and write the story, help write the story of our own lives. Will Uncle Woody be stopping by to the <laughs> event, do you know? I sure hope so. Like I said, man never comes to the front door. Yeah. He doesn't have a schedule, so who knows? <laughs> I love you both so much. I really do. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks. I enjoyed it. Matthew Thank McConaughey, everybody. <laughs> All right, man. Go write that book, Albert. Oh, Albert, gonna. he's going to write it. He's got to write right. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't disappoint. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Dear listeners, we could have potentially uncovered a mystery here. Oh, my God. A mystery. I think you get need to get over DNA there with, with a swab. Oh, uh, you got to get that. Right now. You got to get that toothbrush, girl. You need to be involved in all of that. <laughs> get that toothbrush. I'm going to get that, that uh, wooden, <laughs> hand-carved... <laughs> Hand stitched toothbrush of Woody Harrelson. Hand toothbrush. We're gonna we're gonna swab McConaughey and we're gonna figure out who's related to him. Oh my god! Wouldn't that be amazing? It would be insane. It would I be love. He's like, I have the receipts. <laughs> yes, there are receipts. I love it so much. I love that he comes over and he's like, "Can I park my bus here?" And then he starts hooking everything up to him. I love that his mom was Miss Trenton. <laughs> Cal, that's crazy. I mean, that's how great big. is that? That's really big. That's big. That's a big deal. Yes, that's huge. My cousin was Miss Bridgeport Speedway. <laughs> Not to brag. <laughs> it's a smaller. It's a smaller pageant, but it was still something. Also obsessed with the words that he wasn't allowed to say. That's mm -hmm. looking to. We have what words? Did you have any words you weren't allowed to say? We weren't allowed to say the Lord's name in vain. Ever. Oh yes, ever. Um, we weren't allowed to use uh, foul language. Yep. Which I know must shock my parents when they hear me now. <laughs> they must be like, "She's a pirate." Um, we oh also hate. We couldn't say we hated. Wow. Hate was a big word. That was a big, big, big word. Wow. You heard what he said, though. Yes. Albert, he wants you to write. I heard. I know. I'll 50. think about what that book is. Go off to the desert. Go off to the desert. <laughs> Albert will go to Palm Springs. Yeah, we'll I'll never to... see him again. <laughs> I'll be with Kelly in Palm He'll Springs. He'll be on a lounge chair with Kel, his we're supposed set. to be writing today, aren't we? Yeah, let's... Albert, what do you want me to say? <laughs> Albert, tell me about yourself. Kel, get I'll your iPad. There. I'll sit there with my iPad. And this is what I sound like, everyone, when I type. Ready? Shit. <laughs> That's how fast it goes. That is the the speed with which I type. And you know this. what you're going to hear from me in the background? What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be the... The sound of a martini, martini shaker. shaker. <laughs> well, everyone, I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy with this episode because... This episode deserves its own Peabody Award. <laughs> I'm nominating us for a Peabody I'm Award. A, I agree. We oh, need yeah. the Matthew McConaughey Let's Talk Off Camera show to be nominated because we revealed and uncovered <laughs> a mystery on this podcast. <laughs> I can't wait to see that TV show. Must see appointment television. 
So everybody, listen to the latest episode of Let's Talk Off Camera with Kelly Ripa on Amazon Music and make sure to follow us. Let's Talk Off Camera with Kelly Ripa is a co-production of Melojo Productions and PRX Productions with help from Goat Rodeo. Our theme song is Follow Me from APM Music. From Melojo, our team is Kelly Ripa, Mark Consuelos, Albert Bianchini, Jan Chalet, Devin Schneider, Michael Halpern, Jacob Small, Roz Therian, Seth Gronquist, and Nick Ribola. From PRX Productions, our team is... Kara Schillen, Genevieve Sponsler, Megan Nidolsky, Edwin Ochoa, Rebecca Seidel. Additional sound design by Terrence Bernardo. The executive producer of PRX Productions is Jocelyn Gonzalez. This show is powered by Stitcher. <laughs> <laughs>